0: This is Human Capital, a Goalspan podcast, and I'm Jeff Hunt. Human Capital is the place where I interview top business thought leaders to uncover the deeply human aspect of working. On today's show, we will talk about turning disruption into growth, the connection between diversity and belonging. We get to see what it looks like to run human resources and business operations at a sports franchise that has won six national championships and is valued at $4.3 billion. My guest today is Erin Dangerfield, who is Vice President of Human Resources at the Golden State Warriors. She is a strategic thinker and HR executive whose career includes experience working in complex multi-state and multinational environments, in a myriad of industries and at the Warriors um, she has the pleasure of managing all human resource uh, functions. Welcome Erin.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here Jeff.
0: Yeah how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. You know it's a, a clear air day here in the Bay Area and so I think it's our third in a row. Very appreciative of it.
0: So thankful after three weeks of being absolutely asphyxiated in smoke from the California fires, we finally have some good air. So we are, I am so thankful for that as well.
1: Yeah. very nice.
0: So, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and um, just I'm looking forward to our conversation because I know you've got so much experience um, to bring to bear for our listening audience. And um, so, I always like to start with a common question and that's tell us your journey about your journey into business and so what i mean is who in or what in your younger life inspired you to go into business and specifically into hr
1: yeah so i don't think i even knew what hr was when i was a young person until i was actually doing hr but um i i will start by saying that i was a big participant in youth sports. I'm a huge fan of youth sports. I was running track and cross country at five, six years old, all the way into college. And I think that you learn so much about uh, setting long-term goals and dealing with setbacks and incorporating feedback and coaching and and really quickly. And you might run a race and fail
0: yeah.
1: and then have to come back an hour later and get right back at it. And so I think that those lessons that i learned over all of those years really prepared me for a career in business because so much of it is about looking out not just in your career but in a business at what the goals are and how you're going to get there and and work methodically towards them and deal with setbacks and incorporate feedback and coaching so um for me i think that that was really the foundation and my my dad was a coach for me, um, my mom showed up to every single event that I ever participated in, even when I didn't want her to in high school sometimes. <laughs> so um, I think that you know, they just had a huge influence. My mom worked at a bank and I used to see her running with her trench coat in the 80s to catch the bus sure. and thought it was so glamorous and I wanted to do the same. So after college, I moved back to the Bay Area after a few years of working and um, couldn't find a job in banking and I got into HR. And I majored in economics in part because of my dad. Um, I wanted to major in anthropology and he had a very serious conversation with me about my career prospects, graduating with an anthropology degree. And so I picked um, economics because there was, you know, there's a a big social science aspect to that, which I really enjoy. And HR has so much in common with economics. And so I think that it was like a light bulb went off. I was in a part-time temporary HR role and ended up loving it and decided to make it my career from there.
0: Mm, Fantastic. What a great story and really a story of inspiration, how you're, you know, it's about the people that are are surrounding you and supporting you like your parents and then the experiences you have, especially in the sports arena. There's so many crossovers, aren't there, with the competitive nature of it and the team orientation and having to work together with other people and achieving individual goals um, so I think that's truly awesome and it's also kind of ironic and and fun that you're now at the Warriors <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I grew up in Oakland so I would have never imagined working for the Warriors um, in fact I don't think I even knew that you could have a job in sports that so wasn't a coach or an athlete um, or like a trainer until I was an adult and so it certainly wasn't something I was pursuing as a goal but When the opportunity presented itself, I don't think you can turn down an interview with the Warriors.
0: Not at all. Well, that's great. And let's stay on that for a minute, because I think so many of our listeners don't really understand what it looks like to run such a a formidable franchise, a sports franchise. Tell us a little bit about day-to-day. What does it look like to run people operations? What, you know, Tell us a little bit about things organizationally.
1: Yeah. So it's really not that much different on a day-to-day basis than running HR at any other organization. We have all of the functions that you typically expect at a business, finance and accounting and marketing and Mm -hmm. um, IT. And so a lot of my day-to-day work is dealing with the same types of issues that you deal with anywhere else. Like, how do we compensate people in a way that motivates them? And what employee relations issues are we trying to address and in? how do we train and coach and provide feedback and all of those things? So we, we on a day-to-day basis, deal with the same thing that most HR people do. We do have an arena um, that we operate and put on events, although we're not doing that now, unfortunately. And so we have thousands of employees come in um, some of them work directly for us, some work for third party partners and dealing with that can be interesting. Sure. These aren't folks that you see every day. Yeah. Um, They are absolutely critical to the success of the organization. So Mm -hmm. figuring out how to make those connections and make people really feel belonging and understand the role they play is -hmm. a big part of what we do in partnering with their managers. Mm -hmm. And then we have the players and everybody always wants to know, do you do HR for the players? And we don't get that involved in basketball operations, obviously workers comp benefits, things like that. um, We handle, but on a day-to-day basis, we don't deal too much with um, BB ops.
0: Sure. Okay. Really cool. And so you mentioned all these people, you have internal people, you have contractors, you have quite a number of people that are actually running that entire organization. And that brings me a little bit to the values that you feel are most important for your organization. Talk to me about your core values. And maybe you can also share what some examples are of how you've seen those lived out in the workplace.
1: Yeah. So our core values spell out team. Oh, nice. um, yeah, trust, <laughs> empathy, accountability, and modesty. And I I think that going into shelter in place, it, it's a moment of adversity for many businesses. And we're certainly no different. Mm-hmm. And anytime you find yourself in that situation as an organization or as an individual, um, it brings out the best in you and also shines a light on some areas of opportunity. Um, and so I think that we um, found that while we were doing pretty well in our values and everybody could name them and, and we have that a part of our performance of mm-hmm. process, um, that we needed to beef up in some areas. Um, over the summer, we introduced seven weeks of anti-racism training following the murder of George Floyd and awesome. we had a huge participation. Mm-hmm. And we found that people were having really authentic conversations and being very vulnerable with each other. And there was a lot of trust and a lot mm-hmm. of empathy, which are two of our values. Yeah. And we and we wondered why we weren't getting that level of depth in some of our other conversations and really had to examine what about that um, was causing people to be more vulnerable and how we could really duplicate that in the organization. So for us, um, values, are our values really are about constantly trying to identify ways to improve um, With trust, we have talked about setting sort of core understandings and a baseline understanding of how we expect everyone to behave and come to work in Mm -hmm. in an effort to build trust. Mm -hmm. Accountability is definitely part of that as well because you have to trust that the feedback people are giving you is coming from a good place and assume Mm -hmm. positive intent. So we constantly talk about assuming positive intent. Mm -hmm. Um, Empathy, again, um, really trying to understand where people are coming from. And I think shelter in place has, magnified the need for that. Um, and I, I believe we stepped up to the challenge there. Mm-hmm. And then modesty is particularly important when you've had a run like we've had last year, not with standing on the court. Um, we've had a really great run on the court and off the court. And so making sure that we stay humble and stay modest and continue to push towards our goals um, and not rest on our laurels has been a really part of the important part of the organization and something we've stepped up even more now Mm-hmm. Um, that we find ourselves in this uncertain time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, and I'm just reflecting on how how much more people want to follow leaders that embody humility versus those that embody pride, and it's all about them. So um, I really applaud you guys. And it's also something that's easily um, destructed or destroyed, but it's very difficult to keep up and maintain, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. Um, you know, you can... Everyone says when you're a winning team, there's kind of a joke in the industry. When you're a winning team, um, the hot dogs taste better and the beer is colder. And so it can be easy, I think, for um, organizations to make the mistake of, particularly in sports, of thinking that there's nothing to improve um, or that you are the best at everything because things are going well on the field or on the court. And so we really make a concerted effort to make sure that we don't make that mistake in thinking, oh, no, our hot dogs really do taste better than everyone else's. That's not the case um, sure. all the time. And we have to continually strive to um, to make things better and to innovate and, and to, to do the best we can.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, talking about trust and sort of staying on this theme of your core values I wanna talk about, you know, reflect on the fact that Halloween is just around the corner. And so, you know, to play on this theme, the people wear masks and they wear them in the workplace, even though they, they may look invisible. And thinking about your comments about trust, masks are often worn when there are low trust levels and wearing a mask might mean me not sharing my true self with my boss or my coworkers um, because my vulnerability may be used against me. It might mean that I'm not going to share my opinion out of fear because, once again, it could be used against me. I may not be authentic, or perhaps there's a lack of alignment between my words and my actions. And so you know, you just talked a little bit about this, but I'd love it if you could expand more on what some things you do are internally to promote this sort of vulnerability-based trust where people are really comfortable taking off their masks and sharing their true selves.
1: I, I think that it starts from the top and starts with your leadership team being vulnerable themselves. Um, One of the commitments that our president and CEO, Rick Welts, made when we went into shelter-in-place was to communicate to employees every single day. Mm. and So he started a daily update, now it's just called The Daily. And it started with him every day writing things and kind of his thoughts and feelings and things that were happening in the industry. And I remember that he turned it over to one of um, the women executives in our organization. And she wrote this really heartfelt and um, meaningful daily about what it was like to be a working mother Mm. and the challenges that she had um, faced and how she hid it for a long time when she was younger because she thought that it would affect how people viewed her and her career opportunities and it was like um, something changed in the organization all of a sudden you had all of these parents and women in particular saying oh my gosh I felt that way too I didn't I thought I was the only one And it created this opportunity for people to talk about this thing was under the surface that nobody was talking about and it's a fear that a lot of women have a lot of parents have and since then we've had more people start writing dailies and and in the beginning it was mostly senior leaders Mm -hmm. and now we have employees from all across the organization write about their lived experience, their experiences with racism, um, trauma that has happened in their past that has uh, formed who they are. And it has just been this really transformational thing for the organization um, and allowed, I think, people to take off those masks and be vulnerable in different ways. We've also tried to set up an environment, particularly now, where where we understand that people are in a really difficult situation. People are parenting, they're trying to do um, distance learning, they have roommates walking around in the background and dogs barking and all kinds of things happening and really normalizing that stuff mm-hmm. and and making it okay to bring yourself to work. It's okay that today, you know, your child just needs to sit on your lap during right. this meeting and, and I I really believe that allowing people to show themselves and starting with our leadership team has created an environment where people feel more comfortable taking off those masks.
0: Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's so um, clearly evident how it just, if you have one person who is willing to be vulnerable and share, how that can be such a catalyst for everyone else. It's it's such a cultural builder by having, mm-hmm. starting with that one person. So I love that example that you just gave. Uh, I want to talk, we've already been talking about disruption, and I'm going to stay on that for a minute, but Friedrich Nietzsche said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. (laughs) And so the benefit of disruption is if we use it correctly, it's a catalyst for growth and change. And we've already talked about what's been going on in our country, but we just need to call it for what it is. 2020 is basically the year of disruption. We've, (laughs) we're disrupted from COVID, we're disrupted with severe economic medical social disruption communities of color continue to be disrupted from acts of racism and violence and it's so deeply rooted Um, you guys as an organization are no stranger to disruption team operations you know you look at the team like we're talking about they're no no stranger (laughs) with injuries they've had and turnover and all sorts of things Um, and so if we think about disruption at the employee level that can be things like missing performance expectations or as you mentioned earlier transitioning from to, to working from home possibly could be uh, you know being furloughed or getting a new manager who's incredibly difficult to deal with and so i i would love for you to share your thoughts on disruption what ways have you grown personally from it and how do you capitalize on it to promote growth and really build a better future at the Warriors?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I love that you're talking about both sides of disruption because I think so often now the focus is on innovative disruption, which is great and something yeah. that we do a lot. Um, but there's other types of disruption and, and they don't always really feel good in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally, one, thing that I think about that has really changed my career, but was a really difficult time personally was after I left Bentley, which is a company I was at for nine years, I went on to work at a solar company and I was quickly, um, realizing that I was very unhappy and it was not a great place for me and it wasn't the people and it wasn't the company. It was really me and not, um, it not aligning with what I wanted to do. And in that moment, feeling like, if I disrupt my career and try and leave this company, um, what's going to happen to me? I had all this fear around, is the problem me? I don't know how to adjust after being in a place for nine years. Is the problem that I don't know how to pick good roles for me, and I don't know what I really want. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I going to leave and then find myself at another job that I'm not happy at and be stuck there? Am I going to be seen as a job hopper forever mm-hmm. and never be able to find another role? Or the biggest fear of if I don't do anything, and <laughs> I kind of don't disrupt, what happens then? And um, I really had to push myself to, to just deal with all of those feelings and figure out how to work through them and lean on my network. And I ended up coming to Alcal where we met. And, mm-hmm. um, and, it, it, and I had to take a step back in my career. Mm-hmm. I um, took a lower level role in title in pay and it ended up being the absolute best decision ever and so i think keeping sight of the fact that even in difficult moments there are opportunities um and that where you are today is not where you have to always be and if you can just find a way to get through it even if someday it's just like i just have to make it through today and then tomorrow let's see what happens tomorrow so for me personally i've dealt with some really great you know, innovative disruption in my career, but that was a time where um, it was very disruptive and not in a positive way in that moment. Mm -hmm. As an organization, we have had a lot of disruption in the last six months, particularly when we talk about the front office side of things. Um, And we've always leaned into innovation and we um, decided to really try and look at this as an opportunity. Like, This is a really tough time for all of us. There's a lot of uncertainty but now more than ever, we need to be thinking about how can we do things differently? How can we improve? What kinds of innovative ideas can we come up with? There are no bad ideas. And it's been critical in continuing to engage employees because we have a lot of employees whose jobs are, are focused on um, events. And so when there are not events, what do they do? And that, as you can imagine, in an already uncertain time can create even more uncertainty about Am I a value to the organization anymore if I don't have anything to do? So trying to really be creative and think of ways to um, continue to use our employees and keep them engaged and and use it as an opportunity to make some improvements. We've overhauled a lot of things. There's a lot of projects getting done. Um, We've redirected people to work on things like our disaster relief fund, which was hugely engaging for them because they felt like they were doing really great work. Um, And really useful for the organization as well, because we Mm -hmm. needed that work done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think disruption brings opportunity. It's not always easy to see that um, because it's tough. Um, But you look at the team, you know, we had uh, some injuries. It gave our young players an opportunity to have far more minutes than they ever would have under normal circumstances. And so there's opportunity in in it all. You just kind of have to find it
0: yeah that's great well and one of the things that just resonated with me in terms of what you were sharing especially about your career change was you ended up not making those decisions based out of fear you know you you made even though the fear was there you didn't make your decisions out of that and it it's a lesson i think for everyone that when we do make our decisions out of fear they're usually not good outcomes if we can get surrounded and supported by people that can help us make these decisions and also do a internal evaluation. That's not fear-based. Then we end up with a better result. So I really love that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I probably ended up at that job somewhat out of fear to your point, because I was leaving Bentley and I knew I was leaving and I was thinking, gosh, I needed to get a job. And maybe if I'd given it more thought um, and not been so afraid to be unemployed, I would have made different decisions, but you can't let one bad decision no. kind of no. color how the rest of your career goes or your life goes.
0: So. Not at all. Not at all. And I think those people that do are struggle more in terms of building resilience and grit. And mm-hmm. if we're and and that's also another such a great sports analogy because the best athletes, you just look at the, the Warriors, the best athletes really don't focus on making mistakes and, you know, <laughs> yeah. so that's just what happens and they they're resilient in, in that regard too. So I really appreciate that. Um, okay. A key trend that we're seeing in the HR space is creating a culture of belonging, mm-hmm. which really seems to be the fertile soil for growing diversity in organizations. And, Without this sort of feeling and sense of belonging for employees, it's I, I mean I'll go out on a limb and say it's really impossible, almost impossible to create sustainable diversity in our in organizations that we lead. And just to kind of be clear on how I'm defining belonging, I would say that it's feelings of being included and respected and fully involved at work. And, and that means with your peers, your the, the team that you work with, the organization, your manager, being more of an insider than an outsider. And so the, the culture, creating this culture of belonging can lead to Im- improve diversity as a byproduct rather than making it this check the box event. Um, and so I'm just curious, you guys have had some great discussions you mentioned about racism and in, internally and diversity in creating this sort of um, these healthy conversations what are you guys what else are you doing to create this high sense of belonging regard regardless of whether you're a custodian at the Chase Center or you know you're um, somebody running Rick Welch you know running yeah. the station. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah so I really think that we have a lot of initiatives that we do and we have wellness in place challenges and we have our employee resource groups who are so um, Critical to belonging for many employees and we really use them as not only a place for employees who um, share a background to get together and, and share ideas and thoughts, but also as a place where there are developmental opportunities and an opportunity to learn how to navigate that organization and make connections that you maybe normally wouldn't make. So Mm -hmm. they're absolutely critical. Our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council focuses on belonging. But beyond that, everyone's role is critical to the success of the organization. But I don't know that we always do a great job of making sure people understand that Mm -hmm. and understand how they're critical. And so that's something we really work on particularly for those in roles like custodian and ticket taker right. and we tell people at chase center, we want people to come and have unforgettable experiences. If you come to a basketball game at chase center and your very first interaction is with a ticket taker and it goes poorly, that's going to color the entire experience that you have. Mm-hmm. And so we tell them you're the first person that somebody sees when they get here and how you interact with them is critical to how they feel about their entire experience so making sure that everyone understands that if you go to a game and you see trash flowing everywhere and you know broken stuff places you're not going to feel really great about that experience but i don't know if and we really we we really work hard at this but not every organization does a great job of explaining that connection between what the the business's overall goals are and the role they play in that so we try to do that with our frontline staff Mm -hmm. do that with our staff internally And during a time like this, particularly where I talked about, you know, some people's roles have had to change fundamentally, creating new ways that they play a role in the success and understand that and feel like uh, real contributors. I think that builds belonging in addition to those other initiatives I've talked about Mm -hmm. where we have, you know, all types of events going on. I think our volunteerism program is a huge part of people feeling like they belong and giving back to our community and understanding that that's a huge part of who we are as, a, as an organization. Um, so lots of little things happening, but the biggest thing is just making sure people understand the role they play.
0: Yeah. And having, having people truly understand their connection to the big picture is really important in that, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Yeah. Very, very important. We spent a lot of time talking about that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And you were just talking about kind of community and giving back. How does the employee population at the Warriors give back to the community and what what are the internal benefits you see um, that result as an organization?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, like I said, engagement is a huge part of. the community aspect, but also during this time where we talk about mental health and people feeling like a a lack of connection Mm -hmm. uh, many times, being able to volunteer and give back makes you feel good about yourself and and can Mm -hmm. help improve those things. But um, we we have a Warriors Community Foundation and that's run by people within the organization. Um, Just last year, we gave over $5.2 million um, as part of that. Um, we announced $1.7 million in grants dedicated to improving educational equity in the Bay Area. Nice. And following the hiatus announcement, um, we committed to $1 million in disaster relief fund to frontline workers at Kaiser Permanente Arena in San Francisco, where our G-League team, the Santa Cruz Warriors plays, mm. and Chase Center. Um, and that's increased to $1.6 million. And we had employees working the disaster relief fund as customer service agents. A lot of my team acted as translators and giving back in that way made them feel so good about what felt like a really difficult time where you know, people right. are in income and you're hearing all of these stories around. Um, that was very early in shelter in place. Right. Um, but in addition to that, we have a ton of youth programs that uh, go on all the time. We have our math hoops program. Um, Peaceful Wayers, which is an anti-bullying program um, that we do in schools. We have financial wellness training for high school students, um, STEM programs, nutritious nutritious food distribution programs, um, and literacy programs. But probably the thing that I'm proudest of is our helping hands, Mm. which is the employee portion of this, where we donate uh, or volunteer time. Um, We... Contribute over 5,000 hours to wow. the area awesome. communities in the last season. Since we've gone into Shelter-in-Place, we've offered 250 volunteer opportunities, uh, virtual volunteer opportunities to our staff members, and we held a virtual week of service where employees donated 1,000 hours in just that week. Mm-hmm. Um, they did things like blood donations and partnering with elder- elderly community members just to call and check in on them. Um, also running errands for people in vulnerable populations, and people continue to do that work, and so I'm really happy about that. And I think it has been a key part of our continued employee engagement.
0: Sure. And has it? Do you see it translating to more of a selfless uh, culture internally with your employees, so they're willing to help and and serve and you know others internally better than they would have otherwise?
1: I do think so, and I think particularly some of the stuff that we've been doing. Um, Now, because some of the programs are more long-term where you're partnered with somebody and it's an ongoing thing as opposed to a one-day event where you go and and build um, care packages for troops, let's Mm -hmm. say, Um, I definitely think it has created uh, a more caring culture, a more empathetic culture.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay. Um, And then I, I have one more question for you before we'll jump into some lightning round questions. But... It's going back to diversity for a minute, but it's talking about diversity, not necessarily only racial diversity, but diversity of viewpoints, gender, age, background, experiences. When two people come together that are different, whether it's manager and employee, or two peers, or people from different work groups, what are the ways that you see those interactions being different and possibly better, or, you know, versus? just dealing with people that are like ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think that they really challenge people to think outside the box. And we talked earlier about innovation and how important that is to us as an organization. And so when you're talking to people who are just like you, it can stifle innovation because it doesn't expand the box. It doesn't expand um, the ideas that people have. And I know I'm not going to name any of them, but I'm sure anyone listening to this can think of some high profile projects or ads that they've seen where it's clear someone was missing from that conversation and the outcome wasn't either, it was either bad or not as good as it could have been. And so it's critical to have more voices in the room. You can't do a good job if you don't have a diverse set of thought. We are the Bayes team. Um, We represent so many different people coming from so many different backgrounds and ages and and experiences and how can we continue to be the base team if we don't reflect that diversity
0: mm-hmm. that's great i love that okay so let's shift into some lightning round questions okay. i'm going to throw these out and you can give me just top of mind <laughs> first right, thing okay. that comes to mind what positive or negative habit have you picked up since covid
1: <laughs> oh um snacking <laughs> I guess it could be positive or negative.
0: <laughs> Join the millions of other Americans there. there. Uh, what's one thing on your bucket list?
1: Oh, uh, going to Machu Picchu. Oh, nice. Yes.
0: What is your top book recommendation?
1: Oh, I have been reading um, The Velvet Rope Economy. Mm, and right now, I think it's great. It's, it's really interesting.
0: Nice. What is one thing that you're most grateful for?
1: Oh, my son. I I absolutely love him to death.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Just say thank you.
0: Mm, Wow, that's great. (laughs) We could all just think (laughs) of how much better this country would be if we all did that.
1: Yes, right. It's so simple, but I've carried it with me. I I think I was a sophomore in high school and I, I always remember that.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's great. All right. Well, one final tip for our listeners, and this is not a lightning round question, but, you know, speaking to the, to the human capital community, the HR community leaders and managers, what advice do you have for those leaders that want a better seat at the table? You know if they're wanting to have their views spouse, yeah tell us what you think about that
1: all right well i'm going to kind of give a story a little mm-hmm. bit um yeah. i started in nonprofit, as i mentioned and it was a small nonprofit, so i had to do everything and i knew everything about who our clients were and what their challenges were and who what other organizations did work similar to us and what our contracts looked like i had to know all of this stuff and so when i went to my next job i didn't realize that people thought hr should stay in their lane I didn't know any better. Um, and so I was very involved, and this is you know, over a decade and a half ago where um, HR was viewed a little bit differently. I think our image has improved quite a bit over the last um, 10 to 15 years. But what I learned from that is that you cannot let anyone put you in a box. And so you have to figure out what is your in. And each of us offers something that maybe no other uh, person in the company or function in the company offers and what that means for somebody listening may be different than what it means for me but figuring out what that is and figuring out how you can help somebody else is how you'll get your seat at the table so I know I bring unique skill sets that maybe most others don't bring and I have to figure out everywhere I go how do I um, how do I find a way to make sure other people see value in what I bring Mm-hmm. And bring something unique to the table, but beyond that it's also really understanding your business mm-hmm. and your customers and your competitors and and knowing all of that because ultimately we are about reaching the organization's goal as many as much as any other uh department, you know mm-hmm. just as much as sales and marketing and all of them and so figuring out how we drive the success of the business through our people programs is critical to getting a seat at the table
0: mm-hmm. so it's much more of a strategic viewpoint, really yeah. Yeah, Definitely. That's great. that's great. Well, Aaron, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. It's great to see you again.
1: Great to see and, you too. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. And um, stay safe and stay well.
1: You too. Enjoy the fresh air.
0: Thanks for listening to the show this week. We release a new episode of Human Capital on the first and third Tuesday of each month. I would really like to know what you thought of this episode. Send your comments to at goalspan.com. Human Capital is produced by Goalspan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please share this podcast with your colleagues, team, or friends. Thanks for being human kind.